0: Now um, this year sadly marked the the 35th anniversary of Paul Kossoff's death and um, you know you grew up with Paul Kossoff with Free you know you formed the band down in London it seems to me anyway when you read the story and it's well documented not least in the book Heavy Load that came out in 2000 you know this sort of weakness he had you know the drug use and everything pretty much wrecked the band I mean you split up twice didn't you 71 finally in 73 But I was just wondering, Paul, how did you handle this situation yourself, personally, having got to the great pinnacle of success, you know, wider recognition, chart success? Um, You must, you know, there must have been resentment that uh, this was having a great effect on the greater success of the band.
1: Well, now, you know, a lot of people, I have to get this straight, you know, Paul did have, let me see, how can I put this? After the band split up was when Paul went down. To be honest with you, I mean he was he was as good as gold when uh, when we actually uh, parted company, and they went off and did their um, the, the albums that that he did over there in Beijing Street. Um, uh, it, it was actually the splitting up of the band that really hit him hard, I think. But I think that that weakness that you talked about was there. You know, the need to lean on something, and also living where he did in Portobello Road, it was kind of people. Oh, I think, you know, there were people knocking on the door, hey, man, hey, try this, man, you know, and there was a lot of that going on in those days. And I don't think a lot of people realized, we didn't realize in those days just how uh, 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 how dangerous a game that was to play, you know. The idea that, that drugs and stuff was, was mind expanding rather than pretty damn dangerous, you know, mm. was was rife throughout and then and then everybody thought it was you know great oh yeah take these drugs man you'll feel really great man and of course you know, people started to die, and it was it was terribly, terribly sad. You know, I, I still miss class to this day.
0: So, you saying basically, Paul, that it didn't really affect the band up to the time of your greatest success, really? No, no. absolutely not. You know,
1: no. I mean, really, the band split up because uh, because we tried to manage ourselves. Andy tried to manage ourselves, and we uh, 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 and it became it became unbearable, frankly. You know, and I couldn't really handle um, that aspect of of somebody trying to be in control of my life you know uh, and it wasn't really causes drugs that uh, that split the band no
0: so. no okay now tell us uh, we're going to go right back now to um you know we've gone black and white and there's uh four blokes in middlesbrough loading stuff into a transit van i mean maybe you'll, you'll correct me
1: everything was black and white. it was
0: all black and white wasn't it all a bit sort of fuzzy but um tell us Basically, because I, I get excited by the thought of bands getting together, and you know, you're all in the van together, great prospects ahead. You came down from the northeast to London in the late '60s. You had a band, I think the name was the Wildflowers, and this included Mickey Moody, didn't it, from early White Snake and Bruce Thomas, with um, El- Elvis Costello subsequently. Dave Usher. Dave Usher. Yeah, there you were coming down to London. Tell us a bit about that, because that did ultimately lead to your meeting with Kosoff, didn't it?
1: Well yes it did we um we were the road runners actually uh in in Middlesbrough and we decided that it would be a very cool idea to call ourselves the wildflowers because uh, you know seemed like a good idea at the time and uh we came down to London full of you know the joys of spring and we just uh, we didn't get any work we promptly starved and uh everybody I mean it's a longer story than this but the, the short version is that the van broke down and everybody went home and I I went th- down to London there's 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 a deeper story than that but I'll I'll write it up I when I do my book <laughs> but basically they went back and I stayed down and I joined the band that was I looked in the back of um the melody maker and there was a band that needed a singer and they also needed a name and and it was only with them for a very short period of time and uh, I came up with the idea of calling us Brown Sugar after that Stones record you know and we played a couple of gigs around London and and we were playing at the Fickle Pickle in Finsbury Park when who should call in uh, uh, drop by but Paul Kossoff now I'd met Paul a couple of times prior to that because he worked at Selma's in in Tottenham Tottenham Court Road and he came up and he said uh, you know I'd like to come up and have a jam session and he brought his guitar in and he brought a drummer with him at that time, Andy Berenius, and so uh, uh, Andy Berenius sat in as well. And we did, I think we did three or four songs. We did 4 o'clock in the morning, Every Day I Have the Blues, probably three songs, and then we did Stormy Monday, and it was uh, it was a fantastic thing. Your time stood still, and I, we came off stage and I said to Paul, wow, man, we have to form a band. And uh there was there was the outside chance of me actually joining black cat bones i mean they they actually offered me to join black cat bones but i wanted to start which was really nice you know I was really i mean i was honored to be asked that they um they were auditioning singers and i just went down to the as a friend of Paul's really to watch the auditions and they had a a, a guy there that they pretty much set on and they asked me if i'd get up and jam and we did a little jam and they said well it's between you and that guy <laughs> and I said no no I'm not here to, to pinch anyone's job or anything um, and uh, so but later on uh, Paul and I said months later we were knocking around London together for months planning the band um, and Paul had a mini and we would drive around London and do stuff you know um, and um, I listened to lots of music uh, we listened to the same kind of music we had that in common we had bb king and albert king and john lee hooker and all those guys um and yeah it was, we formed three basically like that well I, I, was, I didn't finish my story he got up on stage and it was it was marvelous and we said right i said okay we have to form a brand new band and we're going to start from scratch and it's going to be like Jimi hendrix and like the queen like cream and that kind of thing so that's what we did. This river I've been moving ever since Ain't got nobody to call my own
0: You know I've been moving since the day I was born Life is a game,
1: it just made for fun
0: I'm We're going to uh, finish off, Paul, this uh, interview and we're really grateful for your time. With that song, how can we not uh, finish with All Right Now? If you could talk us into this. We're actually going to take a slightly different version. This appeared on the wonderful compilation album in 2000, Songs of Yesterday. It's got the a cappella intro. Um, Can you tell us basically how all this came about? I know you've been asked this thousands of times, but um, we do like to hear the story.
1: You know what, Dave? I haven't heard that for a long time. Ah. Well, you know, it amazes me, actually, when I look back, how many different versions there are of All Right Now, because you tend to solidify the, one, the, the, the record that was released and went up the charts as being the one. But when I look back, we were very creative and, and, and tried different things uh, and different approaches to the song. Uh, and this is a very different approach.
0: And would you remember how um, you finally... Was it a producer or something who would have decided about the final version?
1: No, no, no. We produced ourselves, so it would have been our own idea.
0: Right, so you would would have recorded several versions and then picked out the one you thought worked best as a single.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, no, actually, we recorded the the all right now as a single down there in uh, in Basing Street in this what we used to call the crypt because it used to be a church, the place, and it was the the, the studio underneath, and and that was the single version. But we also that was it, you know. Uh, but we also tried different versions after the event, I think, um, just to be creative and different.
0: Well, we'll play all right now and. Uh, So thank you to Paul Rogers. Really great to uh, talk about in a very short space of time, really, but a career condensed into 25 minutes or so, Paul.
1: Yes, the concentrated version. (laughs) Great day.